Takeaways from a wild NFL Sunday in week seven, the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs joined the six win club in seven weeks and uh, some upsets actually on the schedule this week. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now welcome to the peacock and williamson nfl show brian peacock alongside matt williamson at bd peacock at williamson nfl thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the locked on podcast network your team every day big shout out to the everydayers make sure you are subscribed on youtube and everywhere you get your podcast today's episode of peacock and williamson is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook official sportsbook of locked on and the nfl make every moment more right now new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets back guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Okay, let's start with the, the good teams because the bad teams won this week too, Matt. They're, uh, some of the worst teams in the NFL picked up Ws or what we thought were the worst teams in the league coming into the, to the week. But let's start with the prime timer, uh, the Sunday nighter, which was a really good one. And it was the Philadelphia Eagles that improved to a six and one now on the season, defeating the Miami Dolphins by a score of 31 to 17. And that feels like they kind of ran away with that game, but it was a tight one and it was a close one. And uh, that, that game was a lot closer than the 31 17 score would lead you to believe. But in the end, it was the Philadelphia Eagles that were able to make more plays and able to limit that big play Dolphins offense Dolphins falling out to five and two yeah this was a fun game this was a competitive game this was by no means a blowout as you mentioned and I didn't think the Eagles fantastic defensive line could influence this game nearly as much as they did but I also think you have to cite the Dolphins but center to left tackle were all replacement guys and that showed up in a big big way you know particularly in the run game But we did say, you know, if the Eagles are going to win this game, it's probably going to be ball control, you know, running the football, physicality, win on both lines of scrimmage. They had 26 first downs compared to 12 for Miami, and they held the ball for almost 37 minutes. I mean, so this is the Eagles formula. Oh, and a lot of A.J. Brown. How about the numbers he's putting up right now? (laughs) A.J. Brown's going crazy. I mean, the best play of the game was the – the, the throw from Jalen Hurts, the deep ball on the right side yeah. in the second half to, to A.J. Brown. That was a beautiful throw, beautiful catch. A.J. Brown uh, just manhandling guys out there. He's so hard to tackle after the catch as well. Ten catches, 137 yards, uh, the touchdown as well. Uh, and so that's just a phenomenal connection that the um, that the Philadelphia Eagles have at their disposal. And it gives them you know enough big play element to go with you know their ball control offense and their physicality. And that's where... They beat the Dolphins, and I think we know what the Dolphins are going to struggle with this year because yeah, when yeah. you look at the Dolphins' schedule and the teams they've played, those teams that are the best teams on their schedule that can match from a physicality standpoint to to give them problems and not allow them to run rough shot all over them. Uh, you know, Bills and Eagles so far, the only teams that have beat them. And you look at the rest of the, the games they've played, I mean – 
Broncos, Patriots, Giants, Panthers, those have been some of the worst teams in the league this year. And they start off with a win over the, the Chargers, who are not doing great. We'll get to them in a second uh, versus the Chiefs. But uh, so so the Dolphins are in a spot right now. Where it's like, OK, you're really good at just beating the heck out of the weaker teams. But you got to beat somebody good and you've got to beat someone that can that that is that is really good up front that gives you problems from snap to snap and not just a, a you know a team that you can get outside and get in space and, and use your speed to defeat. But by the way, speaking of speed, Tyreek Hill, uh, early in that He's game. He's all right, too, yeah. I mean, seeing him run under that ball that, that Tua threw, I thought Tua threw it 10 yards too far. And then yeah. <laughs> Tyreek Hill just runs under it. His ability to track was just unbelievable and see him separate from both of the defenders uh, in the uh, in the Eagles' backfield, which might be the weakness for the Eagles right now that they might address here in the next week or so. Um, so, you know, they have some talent there, and – and and really, when it comes to the Eagles, I, am I crazy? Every single week at halftime, you're like, oh man, the Eagles might not win this game, and then they kind of just pull away and they're mm-hmm. like, no, we're we're good, we're better than these teams, and we're going to win this game. And that's kind of how it's gone almost every single week. We haven't really seen them put four quarters together yet. Yeah, and I do think this was a nice step in the right direction, though. And it, it what's amazing, kind of like you said, not to put words in your mouth, but it feels like there's even more there, which is frightening, you know, for the yeah. rest of the league. And I think Hertz is really starting to settle in, as we kind of expected he would. But, I mean, he's playing quite well. And, yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles are a total powerhouse that are only going to get better, assuming, you know, if they don't get derailed with injuries or something goofy. But back to Tyreek real quick. I mean, when you watch an entire game of this guy, sometimes I think we all understand he's great and he's a game changer. But I don't know that he maybe gets the all-time credit he deserves. Like, I don't know that I've seen a receiver influence a football game more than him since Randy Moss. Yeah, I, I think that's the the bucket that you have to start putting him in yeah, is, yeah. is comparing him to guys like Randy Moss, who are just complete game breakers, game changers. He's not in the he's not in the Jerry Rice um He's not going to Larry Fitzgerald you to death, or right. You know, he's not right. In, in that conversation, he's in a different conversation. It's it's in that Rice, or it's in that uh, that Randy Moss mold yeah. of, of just fear. complete game changers, where it puts fear into the DBs' hearts when they have to line up against him. And D coordinators, and D coordinators too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miami is still in a good spot. They're five and two. They're still in first place in the East because yeah. there's uh, a lot of teams that are doing some losing over there, including including the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, and more on them a little bit later. One thing we have to talk about here when talking about this Philadelphia Eagles team is, well, there's two things. First of all, Jalen Hurts still turned the ball over too much. He's turned the ball over this year already as much as he did last year combined. So, you know, that that's not a good thing. Again, something they can clean up and be better at. But in the end, it's going to ding them in, in some of these games, I think, more than it already has. Uh, and I mentioned the secondary. I think that's probably a likely thing they address, and I think there's enough safeties and, and corners out there that are available on the trade market that uh that might be something that they can get done before the end of the month but we got to talk about the the tush push the brotherly shove as they call yeah. it and why the heck can't anybody stop it like i'm not here to say oh you gotta have a rule but they go left almost every time off the left guard you know and and you know jason kelsey up front obviously and and uh, what's the thing that they're doing that teams can't stop? They're, they've converted 41 of 44 push sneaks when needing just one yard to get a first down this season. The next closest team 
over that span. Uh, sorry, this is since the start of last season, so two straight years now of this. And it seems like they're doing it just – they always seem to get nine yards too. Isn't that weird how they always get nine in the first three plays and it's fourth and one? <laughs> yeah, they're the most fourth and ones in the league. And maybe that's because they're playing for the fourth and one because they know it's so easy to get. Um, the next closest teams over that span. So the F- Phillies converted 41 of 44. Only three times they haven't gotten it in two years. The next closest teams, according to ESPN Stats and Info, is the Bills and Bears both have 11 each. So they got four times more than the next closest team. I think it's amazing. I mean, I'm kind of sick of it, to be honest with you. I kind of like it to go away, but I also have great respect for it because it's not like, to your point, 32 teams in the league aren't getting or aren't making it happen at a 75% clip, you know, success rate. It's just these guys being awesome at it. And obviously having such a powerful quarterback and if I have to hear how many, you know, how much Jalen Hurts can squat again, I'm going to lose my mind. But I think some of it's having one of the best centers that's ever lived that can just get so low that that's the root of it all. Yeah, they got a good def- they got a good offensive line. Clearly, there's something else happening there though. Yeah, and, uh, because it's not just it's not just the quarterback that's getting across the line. Like the whole team's getting across the line, and, and and teams know it's coming, and they're not able to stop it. I don't know how nobody's tried to go pull the Malu over the top. Yeah, and, no. and do something there, and that and that what worries me about the tush push plays. It's going to start getting more dangerous because teams are going to start other doing other things against the Eagles that might lead the league to say, okay, we have to. Make we have to change the rules, not because of the push itself, but because of what's going to come. What the result is it going to be of teams doing other things that might start putting players in more danger? Because you don't want players flying around, landing on top of other guys, and you know, obviously, getting quarterbacks injured is not something the league wants either. So that yeah, we're not done talking about it. Unfortunately, and it's kind of get it gets annoying how much we're talking about it, and it gets annoying how easy it is for them to get it because you want a team to figure it out and start stopping it. That's what <laughs> yeah, you want. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too easy for them, but I do respect that you're right, though. I do think you're going to see Palomalu-type stuff, and you might see safeties, linebackers, ear-holing Jalen Hurts while he's going through the pow. And I don't know. I just think the whole thing's dangerous, but good for them. And Sirianni's even getting a little too bold, or even more bold. I mean, that, that one was like a full two yards almost. I mean, it was well would, over a yard. It was like I would run it on, I'd run it with three yards to go. First and ten. Like close to getting stopped ever so yeah yeah you can line up and run it four times and get a first down almost every time yeah yeah it's and they're, they're, I mean, they're not that far off from starting to try that i think in, in some of these games i bet um all right so we got to move on we've got chiefs and chargers we've got ravens that just laid the wood on the detroit lions which was supposed to be game of the week and it was not a game at all from start to finish in that one and tons of bizarre scores from this nfl sunday next Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our friends at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for your DFS drafts or you're scouting the waiver wire, we're going to provide you with players every week that are guaranteed fits on your roster. So let's see how Vinny, see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week and uh, we're looking ahead to week eight already here with this one and how about jets wide receiver garrett wilson getting some nice rest off of a bye giving that offense in new york an opportunity to get some momentum and and get prepared with zach wilson to have a big game against their new york counterpart in the giants who haven't really been able to stop anybody for the most part especially with that secondary in in the passing game that's been going on they've given up big games to debo and tyreek hill and stefan Diggs, and garrett wilson could be next and he is so talented as long as 
his quarterback can find him. He should put up some big fantasy numbers in week eight. And so get him in your DFS lineups, or maybe now's the time to try to trade for Garrett Wilson with his stock lower than maybe it would have been with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championships. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. Make sure your car or truck is running smoothly at all times with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. I've used eBay Motors. Could not be simpler. There's a big green check mark that lets you know it is the right part for your vehicle guaranteed, and it could not be simpler. And you get a nice deal on something that you can fix yourself instead of spending potentially thousands if you take it into the dealership. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's take a look at the other six-win team in the NFL, Matt, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs that uh, won easily over the Los Angeles Chargers. And we keep getting questions and save those for the uh, for the mailbag this week. 31-17, same score as the Sunday nighter. Chiefs over the Chargers. The Chiefs in great spot at 6-1 and one now. Uh, and the Los Angeles Chargers in in a really tough place that they're going to have to do some soul searching and looking in the mirrors, and you know people are going to start getting fired if this team continues to play this brand of football. Uh, two and four now are the Los Angeles Chargers after seven weeks, man. So this is going to sound rough on some coaching staffs, but I do think there are some staffs out there that maybe get a little inflated because they have such a good quarterback. And when, when that quarterback plays great, they can hang with anyone. And I really think that's been the case with the chargers pretty much start to finish of the Herbert era. And he's got a broken finger on his other hand, which you wouldn't think matters, but you play with a broken finger. And, you know, I thought he played flat out bad two weeks ago. You know, I mean, the worst game I've seen him play and he was just human in this one. He wasn't phenomenal. And I'm not picking on the Bengals, but they kind of fall under that, that, umbrella as well like when your awesome quarterback plays awesome you're really good when he doesn't what's your answer and I don't think the Chargers have an answer but really in this game my takeaway is Mahomes and Kelsey are doing rare things I mean just rare things right now I think they have 28 or 25 completed targets in a row going right now this is like the Maggio's hitting streak I mean it's bonkers but my number one takeaway is this defense for the Chiefs is really good, and it might be the best defense they've ever given Mahomes. And Mahomes, every year, just shows us that they can he can play a different way. You know, oh, you're going to take Kyrie Kill away from me? I'll dink and dunk all the way down the field. Okay, we don't really even have much besides Kelsey and a good line, but you gave me a defense, I'll play it this way and win. I mean, it's very, very impressive, and I can't wait to watch the Niners tonight, but maybe the Chiefs are the best team in the league again, ho-hum, you know? And there's no perfect team in the NFL uh, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, but Mahomes is just Mahomes. I mean, 424 yeah. passing yards in this one, four touchdowns, did have an interception. But then even when you think you've got him stopped, Mahomes on third down is able to scramble and then find, you know, just enough yardage to get the first down. It just, you know, breaks your back, it seems like, every team he plays against. And it's so difficult playing against that team. And their defense, the way they're playing right now, and they have one of the better offensive lines in the league too. Yep, so yep. with that and Kelsey – 12 catches, 179 and a touchdown in this one. 
you have uh, you have some time to figure out what's going on at wide receiver. And Rasheed Rice looks like he's getting more and more targets and more and more playing time. He was mm-hmm. five for sixty in this one with a touchdown. Marquez Valdez Scantling with a with a receiving score as well, and you know forty six yarder, big play guy kind of on the outside doing you know that thing that we know he can do. And you start to see where the Chiefs are, and you start to feel better about the Chiefs than I have at any point really in this season right now. And when you have that line up front and that quarterback and you know that coaching staff and then your defense is playing the way they are, even if you have some warts elsewhere on the team, uh, it's uh, they're just going to be difficult to play against. But I, I'm also realizing that every team can be beat and – the Eagles are good, but they can be beat. The 49ers are good, but last year, last week we saw they can be beat. And we'll, I think we'll see a rebound on Monday Night Football. And the Chiefs are really good. They can be beat, but it's a reminder that they're still that team and they, they're still the team to beat in the NFL and in the AFC right now. So um, I think it's going to be a really fun one when we start getting a little bit closer to the tournament, Matt, because this could go a lot of ways, but I think we're going to see some of the familiar teams in there again as well. And the Chiefs are obviously one of those. As much as it changes, it stays the same. And along those lines, they just own their division. I mean, what a great place to start. And uh, we'll attack the, the the Brandon Staley questions maybe on uh, on Wednesday in the mailbag about whether his job is in jeopardy sooner rather than later there. Uh, how about just the the action, the absolute drubbing that the Ravens put on the Lions? This game wasn't Amazing. close. Lamar Jackson was awesome. Lamar Jackson was MVP-like in this game. 38-36, to 36, the score. Uh, Lamar had... What three touchdown passes, one rushing touchdown as well, 350, 357 yards passing, no interceptions thrown, a nearly perfect 155.8 passer rating in this game, 21 of 27. I mean, for 357 yards and three touchdowns and only 21 completions, I mean, that's just high efficiency as well. So, um, I mean, when, when, when Lamar's receivers are catching the football, I think we're seeing what this offense could be now this year that they hope they were going to get changing offensive coordinators. And uh, I think Ravens fans got to be really excited after week seven, Matt. Yeah. And I think their defensive coordinator is a stud as well. The offense is rounding into shape. There were some growing pains and some of the drops and stuff were part of the issues early in the season, but Lamar has been pretty much awesome since the first whistle of the first game. And he's bailed them out some now that is, those around him are stepping up. They look like clearly the best team in the division, maybe a top five team in the league. Lions laid an egg too. You're like, I'm not super worried about them. You know, I've said things like going into this, that away golf might be going away, you know, like maybe they're starting to win those type of challenges, but there was nothing competitive about this game. If you look at the line, like, well, at least someone Ross St. Brown got me some fantasy points. It was all garbage time. You know, like they didn't yeah. do anything well. Yeah. I mean, you look at the the line from Goff too. It was like he threw it fifty three times, mm-hmm. but didn't throw. They a were touchdown losing pass. from the minute it started. Yeah, <laughs> the first time <laughs> down the field, the Ravens scored, yeah. and that was the end. That could have been the end of the game. That was a wrap. Yeah, it yeah. was that easy. Uh, and you know, Jameer Gibbs kind of forced into a role in this game, yeah. but you know, obviously they couldn't stick to the ground game. Uh, he he ended up having a nice little performance and had a, a touchdown scamper. You saw his speed, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about the Lions because just when you start to believe, they're like, nah, but don't forget we're the Lions. And you're like, well, wait a second. Gosh dang it. Are you going to be good? Or are you going to not be good? And they, they didn't look like they belonged in the same football field as the Ravens in this game. No. And it's probably just a one off against a really good team because I love how the Lions have played to this point. And maybe this is the high point of the Ravens this year. 
I have a hunch if they played it a hundred times, this would be the most outlandish outcome, but it was really impressive. Speaking of outlandish outcomes, the New England Patriots beating the Buffalo Bills, uh, teams like the Giants and the uh, the Pats and the Bears and the Broncos picking up W's in week seven. We'll get to some of the most bizarre scores we saw on Sunday next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel and all of the lines we always mention every single week here, like the, the 49ers that are favored by seven on the road on Monday Night Football at the Minnesota Vikings come from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers at FanDuel can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on that $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action then right now, the app is super easy to use. Love the website interface as well. And uh, there's just such a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, parlays, build your own parlay. Uh, just an unbelievable amount of sports that, that you can get in on some action with as well. Not just NFL football, college football, you know, Major League Baseball playoffs are happening right now. Gearing up for a, a nice little Game 7 on um on um, on Monday night as well, which is always a lot of fun. You got the NBA and NHL seasons going. You've got motorsports. You got combat sports. You've got you know, uh, I mean, name a sport you're gonna find it on on FanDuel. Unbelievable stuff and so much fun. And you can get those bonus two hundred dollars as well. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Two hundred in bonus bets. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. So who are the Detroit Lions, first of all? We just talked about them. Mm-hmm. But maybe even more maddening is the Buffalo Bills. Because the Buffalo Bills look like the best team in the league for two weeks, and then we'll just lay a complete egg. And uh, we were talking about how the Pats might be the worst team in the NFL. The Bills might be among the best teams in the NFL. And then so what happens in week seven? Well, the Patriots beat the Bills, and Mac Jones had, leads a comeback drive after – Josh Allen had led a drive that you thought might have put the nail in the in the Pats coffin and it was 29-25 final Patriots over the Bills. Pats are 2 and 5. The Bills though now are are 4 and 3 and you know that you're you're talking about a 5 seed now at that point even if you make the playoffs. So sometimes bad teams in the NFL play well. You know, this isn't college football and I do think the Patriots are a bad team and have major infrastructure issues and speed issues. But they played a very clean, efficient, well-coached game, and so did Mac Jones. So sometimes you just tip your hat to the opponent and be like, they were better than us today, which I think New England was. But I am a little worried about the Bills, and I'm not really exactly ready to lump them in with the Chargers or kind of how I mentioned the Bengals of when your quarterback Superman, you can beat anybody, but when he's just Clark Kent or an average superhero, you're beatable. I mean, but I do think that's been a trend over the Allen era. I'm not sure what's missing there, though. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's one thing. Um, there is some inconsistencies, but I, I don't know if it's one glaring weakness. You know, they need one more weapon. They don't run the ball enough, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it, it's kind of been different in all of their losses. Yeah, you know, there yeah. was a game where Allen's throwing three interceptions, and this one he threw a pick, but, you know, he wasn't bad in this football game. Um, consistency around the football has been kind of something with them. Um uh, yeah, it's 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 just 
this is this just one of those division opponent familiar Bill Belichick's on the other side. He's going to win some of these games. That's what I'm leaning to. I mean, I, I think that if this would have happened any other week, that's the way you would have thought about it. But the fact that they barely beat the Giants for every eye to see, and you could brush it off the week before that, but they lost to the Jags overseas. It's been three bad weeks in a row, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, by a high standard team. You start making, you start feeling like you're making too many excuses. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll be fine. They'll get it right. You know, they're hungover from overseas. Like for a, team that, overseas, like, you know, for a right. team that could barely kick one through the uprights over the course of, you know, eight quarters, the New England Patriots put up 29 points, almost 30 points on you. So the, the defense takes some yeah. blame on that one as well. Uh, the, the, so, the Carolina Panthers had a bye this week. What a terrible week to have a bye for for the Panthers because all the other bad teams in the NFL picked up W's just about. <laughs> so, uh, let's go to the Broncos who beat the Packers 19-17. Speaking about a team that I don't know what the heck they're doing is, is the Packers because the way they started the year, I thought, okay, cool, and now it's starting to look like, oh, man, maybe the quarterback's not that good. Oh, man, maybe all these young weapons aren't developing. Like, a, you know, it's weird for, I guess, you know, Development curves aren't linear in the NFL, but the young wide receivers, I thought they were ready to take off early in the season, and they've kind of hit a lull and, and are kind of going really up and down with that passing game. And the defense just really hasn't been there. I mean, 19 points is is not you know bad. You should you should win a lot of games if you only give up 19 points, but the Packers' defense isn't playing where they should be either. So um, kind of all the way out on, on the Packers right now, and uh, it's not really much to say about the Broncos going out and, and stealing a win, you know, going out and beating somebody. It was just that I just felt disappointed in what the Packers were doing because the Broncos didn't do anything great in this game either. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. I would just say maybe the Broncos defense isn't by far the worst in the league anymore. I guess that's a compliment. Maybe the Broncos offense under Peyton and Wilson is a professional unit. Okay. But I'm worried the Packers stink. I really am. I think they're up there with most disappointing teams in the league. I would agree. Um, the <laughs> Chicago Bears with Tyson. Congratulations, Tyson Bajant had 65 sure. of his closest friends and family. I don't know if I can even pick 65 people that would. That want to <laughs> I get 65 people to come to my wedding. Yeah, exactly. That was hard enough. Um, <laughs> Bears beat the Raiders 30 to 12. And, you know, a lot of short stuff. Uh, Bajan only had 162 passing yards. You know, a lot of screens, a lot of short stuff. But you know, didn't make a bunch of mistakes, and the the main takeaway in this game, more than anything else, congratulations to Bajant and his family, and you know, cool story there. But what the heck are the Raiders doing, Matt? Starting Brian Hoyer and not Aiden O'Connell. We had a report when we were doing our picks that Aiden O'Connell was likely to be the starter, and then uh, on Saturday or Sunday morning, it turned out, oh, no, it's actually going to be Brian Hoyer that's starting this game. What are you doing if you're the Raiders? And then you end up benching him anyway because he's not good, and you're not helping yourself now or later. So like, I question everything that's going on with Josh McDaniels right now and the Raiders. Yeah, and again, congrats to the Bears. Throw out Dante Foreman's name, doing all the heavy lifting. You've, you he started him on your bye week or threw him in DFS. You couldn't have been happier. But I do think the Raiders are the story. Like, this to me goes back to the offseason of we're going to trade for Devontae Adams and make a run. You know, when they really, to use a Vegas term, should have grabbed the chips they had on their table, cashed them in, and got out. I mean, they considered themselves a contender when they weren't two off seasons ago. 
and they seem like they're still doing that. Like, you're not good. You have like four good players, and the rest of your team stinks. And the quarterback situation is a disaster for the long term. And now you need to have some more self recognition. Is Garoppolo better than we give him credit for? Probably. They seem to be at least more competitive when he's in the game. Yeah. And Hoyer's shot, I mean, is also the other takeaway. Yeah, Hoyer's a coach on the field. Yeah, hold a clipboard. Exactly. That's what he should be doing right now. No offense to Brian Absolutely. Hoyer, but like I, I don't know. I don't understand any of the thought process of not playing the young, especially when the other team's got a uh, a young quarterback going. Right? Like this is the perfect time. Yeah, you're not a contender, Vegas. Then you end up playing him anyway, so you end up looking really stupid in the end. So yeah, mm-hmm. stupid heads are the uh, are the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Three and four. I don't. No, we expected the Raiders to be a good team this year. Or at least I didn't. So, um, but this was just a really bad performance. And so uh, the Raiders now two and five. We got the um, real quick BP um, end of life. Al, Al, Al Davis is an all time icon for the NFL, but end of life Al Davis and young Mark Davis might not be real good at doing this. I mean, the results are telling. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long stretch. You know, since Al Davis lost his fastball, this team has not been at all respectable. And uh, you can't fire ownership. No. That's Cleveland Br- <laughs> speaking of speaking of wishing you could fire ownership probably for a long yeah. time, Cleveland Browns fans, but hey, the Browns back-to-back W's now and uh, narrowly, narrowly getting by the Colts in Indianapolis, 39-38, Browns now, 3-4 and four Indianapolis Colts. Um, some folks don't like some calls that happen in this game yeah, late to turn the tides. And, uh, you know, it's hard to blame. But if you are the uh, the Colts, you put up 38 points on on the Browns defense, which was the best defense in the league coming into the week. So, yeah, know, that, that's a pin on your cap, at least. Miles Garrett was unbelievable. And I did want to mention the officiating at the end. That was poor. But in a way, it kind of feels like everyone wins except Deshaun Watson. <laughs> He could have went back in the game, supposedly, and they didn't even put him in. It's the it's one of the most insanely like bad moves a franchise has ever done. And the mm-hmm. Browns are actually in okay spot because they're getting decent play from a guy like PJ Walker, who maybe yeah. should be the starter down the stretch, but you can't I think do that's that. That's what they're saying to themselves in the back of their mind. Like, yeah, I why mean, Deshaun, why don't you go not go in? Just sit there and stand next to me laughing while we and the Colts look like they're well coached, but we might have talked Browns on Wednesday because I got several Twitter questions. Like, is this right. one of the worst moves, trades in NFL history? And the short answer might be yes. I mean, it's up there. But we've seen a lot yeah. of bad ones in, in, in recent sure. history. And then obviously some uh, some all-timers, too. So, yeah, we'll have to shuffle those up, I think, on Wednesday. How about the New York Giants? Another bad team getting their second win of the season, 14-7, an ugly one over the three and four commanders. I saw very little of this, but I do think it's – Along this conversation we've been having the last five minutes or so, Tyrod Taylor can start games and is a qualified Minshew or better type valuable backup quarterback that people overlook. And that's not a easy skill. And their offense is okay. The commanders look like they could use a coaching change too. Yeah. Uh, Young Way Koo walks it off against the Buccaneers. So the Falcons now improved to over 500, four and three, a 16 13 win. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bucs fall to three and three on the season. You have the Saints who are at what three and four now. And so with those three teams, are they just gonna be 
that up and down in a blender all year long. And at the end, one of those three teams is going to have one game over 500 and that's going to be your playoff team and your four seed in the NFC. And then they'll get beat in the first round. Yes. I think the answer to that question is yes. Okay. Um, Mike Evans is awesome. The Bucks are better this year than I thought. Um, Bijan had a headache. So all yeah. of us got a zero <laughs> that started him. That was awesome for fantasy. That was bonkers. And Ritter, I think he had three fumbles in the red zone. I mean, like this guy is a double agent at times. He has to yeah, go. yeah, and you can't turn it over if you're not going to make big plays. On right, and Ritter and the and the Falcons don't. Your Steelers got by the Rams in Los Angeles. Don't look now. The four and two. Look out, Pittsburgh Steelers. Twenty four seventeen win over Puka Nakua and the three and four Los Angeles Rams. They've been getting some bounces. Don't get me wrong. A couple of missed field goals here. Drop pass or two. You know, TJ Watt makes a huge interception. That's their formula. That was an amazing, amazing play, by the way. It's an amazing it, play. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Him and Garrett were just like shining yesterday as defensive player of the year type dudes. Um, but that's how the Steelers win. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, you know, smoke and mirrors without question. But late in the games, Pickett and the offense keeps waking up, and they dominated the fourth quarter. And frankly, they had a very simple game plan. Don't let Aaron Donald or Cooper Cup destroy you. And neither one really did anything, and Nakua and everybody else did fine, and that's not enough. Kenny Pickett showing some signs of life here, yeah, making some he throws in this game. You know, the, the, the box score doesn't look amazing, didn't have any touchdown passes. The Both of their touchdowns were... Uh, on the ground with, uh, or all three of them were on the ground. Pickett was one of those. He uh, took one in on a, it was a sneak at the goal line, right? And then there was Najee Harrison and Jalen Warren were the other two touchdowns. But Deontay Johnson does add a little something back to the to the receiving room. And then Big George time. Pickens yeah. is obviously coming into his own and he's such a freak of nature. So uh, that's, you know, that's, I think that's a, a pretty big deal in, in watching that offense and it was against the Rams and you know the Rams are a little undermanned talent wise you know across the board except for the, the three names you mentioned earlier Matt um but I think it's really good news for the Steelers to have weathered a storm when they were playing some awful football to start the season and to now be a little bit healthier and to prove that they can run the ball a little bit throw the ball a little bit and play a little bit of defense so I'm gonna nerd out just for one minute here on the Steelers over the last two weeks, they've manufactured 13 points in quarters one through three. 28 points in the fourth quarter, though. And Kenny was seven for seven in the fourth quarter. They had 182 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. He has 18 starts now. So he's basically played a full season. He has seven game-winning drives and 18 starts. He has five fourth-quarter comebacks. The Steelers are 11-7 and seven when he starts the game. And they're 11-5 and five in their last 15 games. And I don't even know if they're good or if he's good. <laughs> I don't know if he's the answer or not. Yeah, I mean, like he's been awful for most of the year. Yeah. yeah everything I just said is true. A lot to be determined, I think, with the Steelers and, uh, and the AFC North. That's for sure. They're a weird franchise. Really uh, last are. one here. Not a lot of notes on this one. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Cardinals 20 to 10. The Cardinals looked like they were in it and just kind of fell out late. Um, Geno Smith. 18 of 24 passing, 219 yards, a couple touchdowns, an interception. I think Gino was kind of settled into what we thought he was, which was not quite as good as the player 
that mm-hmm. was, you know, going crazy at the beginning in the first half of last season, but more like the guy we saw settle into the second half of last season. It's almost like a, a full season's worth of like, okay, starting quarterback Geno Smith. He's not as bad as, you know, the the bust that that everyone called him with the Jets. Uh, but he's not as good as he was the first half of the season last year. Don't know if it's going to be enough for the Seahawks this year, but uh, they're a young team and they're a pretty good team. And then they're getting miraculous catches from guys like Jake Bobo on top of it. So you know, they're a good football team and they're, they're going to pound the ball with Kenny Walker, who's physical running the ball. Um, they have enough players making plays, even with DK Metcalf out in the passing game. They don't scare you, but they're, they're going to be a playoff football team. I a hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Smith, the Jigba steps up with DK out. They've got a good young core of early picks that are very young on their rookie deal. You kind of wish you had a, a Hendon hooker sitting there waiting to maybe to take over next year, but maybe that's next year's first round pick. With all respect to Gino, he's fine. He's just kind of boring at this point. And I think the cards and Josh Dobbs are quickly showing us we, they are who we thought they thought they are. And, with all these wins, maybe they're going to make a run for that first overall pick or a top three pick or so. But yeah, Ky- I mean, Kyler's looming though. Kyler's practicing. I mean, Kyler's going crazy. Who knows? That, so we'll talk about that later in the week. Yes, who knows? This is a huge win for the Cardinals to uh, improve that draft status and then uh, you know have their their young star quarterback that you get to see plugged into you know maybe what's a much more professional offensive structure than what's been there in Arizona over the last few well years. So yep. Big win for the Arizona Cardinals with the loss, I think this week. Yeah. It's going uh, kind of as planned. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the Seahawks can play defense a little bit too. So that's going to, it's going to help them win some games and stay in a lot of close games later in the season. All right. That is the Sun. Seattle Sunday looks like a playoff team to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're a playoff team. They're, they're a playoff team. You know, they're in a different but, tier than maybe the top teams. In, yes. Uh, agreed. In both leagues. Monday Night Football, we'll get into that tomorrow. We'll get into your questions. Hit us up on Twitter, at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL, or drop a question in the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.